I don't know what's next or I don't even know how to move forward. Like I can't even think about the next day. I'm just so lost. I can't even deal with tomorrow, let alone right now. Like I can't imagine what my life will look like. And it just feels like emptiness, darkness, like sitting in a dark room and there's no light. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. grateful as always that you are here with me today. And we're living in an interesting time right now with our election at this moment still up in the air. Um, Ballots are being counted and there's a lot of cancel culture going on right now. There's high emotions. There's a lot of, you know, stuff happening on social media. And it reminded me of an experience, many experiences that I've had in my life where things don't always go according to plan. And there's some sort of expectation that we have about something and we find ourselves on the other side of that. So you might be in a situation where you were hoping one candidate would win and they didn't and you're experiencing a sense of loss and a sense of grief. And Back in 2000, my sister, Jennifer, passed away from leukemia, and we were working with hospice to navigate through her life transition, and it was then that I was introduced to this theory of the five stages of grief, which was originally adopted by a woman named Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And there are many different variations of this now. There's five stages, there's seven stages, there's 11 stages. Um, Today, I want to talk to you about just five. And when I was first introduced to this concept, it was at a time in my life where I felt like I was on an emotional roller coaster. Like I literally had no idea if I was coming or going. I had no idea how to express my emotions or even really understand how I was feeling or even ask for what I needed or how to be supported by my loved ones. I just knew that I was in pain because I was mourning the loss of my sister and her life and just sitting and reflecting in that. And as life went on, as it does, I started to experience other losses in my life that weren't necessarily related to death, but more loss around a breakup or a job loss, or an expectation, or something that just didn't go my way, relationships ending, things like that. And I started to notice that in each one of those experiences, I was feeling the same feelings that I was navigating through when my sister died. And I came back to this concept of the five stages of grief back in 2019. I found myself in a situation that was rather unexpected. My network marketing company that I had been building for seven years changed their compensation model. And as a result of that, the way that I earned income completely changed. And I essentially lost 
all of my income within 60 days. And I found myself in the same sort of experience of loss when my sister had passed away, noticing that the emotions felt very similar. So I had this idea to pull out Google and re-acclimate re myself with these five stages of grief. And I started to recognize that I was actually in them. So I wanna share them with you today because I think it's important to normalize loss and the emotions that come along with it because loss is a fact of life, right? Every single one of us is going to die at some point. Every single relationship is going to end. And of course we are going to experience loss unexpectedly in so many different ways in our life. And, you know, having this sort of understanding of grief has helped me to normalize the process. And it's given me a framework to recognize where I'm at in the process and be able to ask for help, be able to better communicate how I'm feeling. And on the other side of it to help support others when I see them going through this process to not diminish their feelings, to not make them try and rush through it, but actually have a greater sense of awareness of it so that I can be a better support system to my friends. And I think it's important to note that grief is not linear, right? There's no set time frame. Um, there's no process that you go through. Yes, there are stages, but sometimes you can bounce back and forth between the different stages. So this has also helped me to really normalize the process and give myself grace as I'm moving through it. You know, just because my sister passed away in 2000 doesn't mean that I don't experience these phases of grief now. They creep up. And the same thing with the loss of a relationship. I transitioned out of my marriage and the end of 2019, it's almost been a year, and I still catch myself in moments of these different stages as I'm still grieving the transition of that relationship as well. So here we go. The five stages of grief are as follows. Stage one is shock and denial. So you've just found out that a loved one passed away or you're losing a job or your boyfriend cheated on you, whatever it is, the first place that we tend to find ourselves is shock and denial. And this is an area that, or a phase that really helps us to cope, right? It gives us a little bit more time to process everything. And it's usually the first impact or first moment that we experience of complete just disbelief. And we might find ourselves in this space of thoughts and beliefs and coping with our reality and, and saying things like, this is temporary, right? Like, this isn't real. This isn't temporary. Um, you know, this person's going to come to their senses. The results are not accurate. Maybe I need to get a second opinion. Um, like this type of stuff doesn't happen to me, or maybe it's for somebody else. Like, oh my gosh, like this type of stuff doesn't happen to good people. Like, I can't believe this is happening. And even in our current state politically, a lot of people are saying, you know, this isn't real. Like this, this, it has to be voter fraud, like recount the votes. Like you cannot accept the current outcome and you completely deny that it's even happening or that it's real. And I think that this is kind of like shock, right? Where our brain isn't quite processing that the fact that this could actually be our reality or this could actually be real. 
because life as we know it was based on a different set of circumstances or a completely different trajectory or a completely different outcome. Okay, and then stage two, phase two, next step, whatever you wanna call it, is anger. And anger is where we start to notice all of the emotions and the feelings starting to come up. And anger becomes this beautiful way of us to take all of these thoughts and emotions and channel them in one direction, right? So maybe we start directing our anger at people or inanimate objects. We notice that we want to be more violent. We want to hit stuff. We want to break stuff. And even when we're directing anger at another person, it's not actually their fault. We're not mad at them. We're just recognizing that whatever is happening in our lives is triggering us in a massive way and we just need to direct that energy somewhere else so this is a really tricky phase where we might feel a little bit out of control we might feel unregulated we might move uh, in mood swings we might snap at people and we can't really pinpoint why you know um and examples of how this might show up is outwardly just being like, oh my God, he's the worst. I, I hate him for this. Like, how could God let this happen? It's all her fault. You know, it's all her fault she died. Like, I hope they get what they deserve. Like really just mean, hateful, angry, resentful thoughts, beliefs, comments, like, I remember for me personally last year when this happened with my network marketing company restructured, I'm like, what a bunch of assholes. Like, I can't believe they fucking did this. They're low life scumbags. Like what a sellout. I can't believe like just so mad and so angry and so blameful and judgeful and just pointing the finger outward and really just pissed. And, you know, I think that this, again, it's important to have an awareness around this because it's normal to feel that. And I, sometimes I think judgment and shame can come up around this as well, of being so angry at someone that you feel bad, you feel guilty. And guilt is such a low vibration, shame is such a low vibration. And for me personally, having an awareness around this has given me permission to be angry. It's given me permission to judge and be pissed off. And having tools and resources and languaging and the support system to channel your anger is so helpful. So something I like to do to channel my anger um, is release writing. So writing whatever I want, being as mean and nasty and hateful and saying all the things and then burning it. Another is just screaming into a pillow. <laughs> um, maybe shaking. I like to put on some crazy music and just move the energy and literally shake my body. That's more of like a somatic experience and then getting a pool noodle like those pool noodles that kids play with in the pool and just going to town banging on the floor banging on the walls pool noodles are amazing for getting anger out because they make a really great noise they don't have impact so they won't hurt your wrists and you won't break anything with them unless you like swing and hit a lamp or something like that okay so the next phase is bargaining and after feeling like you're super out of control and your emotions are all over the place, bargaining can be a great way to sort of regain control when you feel out of control. And it honestly helps to kind of like postpone the deeper feelings like, you know, shock and disbelief, you're just numb. And then all of a sudden you feel all these feelings and it comes out as like anger and rage. And then you shift into bargaining where 
you kind of want to postpone like these deeper feelings of grief and sadness that might come up and maybe you don't feel quite ready or safe to process them. And so bargaining might look like a lot of what if statements or a lot of like, if only statements or thoughts and beliefs, like, oh my God, like if only we had, you know, worked on this sooner, if only we had gone to therapy sooner, if only I had started building another income stream sooner, what if I, you know, had gone to the doctor? What if I didn't wait so long to have that conversation? What if I had put my seatbelt on? Like, I literally, I'm thinking like car accidents and losing a job and losing a relationship and getting sick. And, you know, this is like where we play the what if game. And maybe we can also feel a little like, oh my God, I can't believe I let this happen. Like, what the fuck? Like, why didn't I see this sooner? I wish I would have had a different outcome. I wish I would have said something different, done something different. So this is where we try to negotiate. Like if I had done something differently, maybe the outcome would have been completely different. And from here, we might move into stage four, which is depression. And, you know, this can feel like a less active stage where like bargaining and shock and disbelief and denial and anger and rage feel like, a, like very active. Like there's a lot of emotions, there's a lot of energy you're like a ping pong moving all over the place. Depression is less active, right? It's, it's a place where maybe reality is starting to settle in and you start to notice a lot of heavy feelings coming up, a lot of dark feelings coming up. It can feel very inward. Like you just want to be isolated. You want to sit in it. It's like sitting in a dark room and you can feel very foggy, very heavy. Like this is how I would interpret depression. And you can sort of feel apathetic in this place where you're just like, why bother? Like, what's the point? What's the point in even trying anymore? The outcome is going to never be the same as what I thought it was going to be. You know, I don't know what's next or I don't even know how to move forward. Like, I can't even think about the next day. I'm just so lost. I can't even deal with tomorrow, let alone right now. Like, I can't imagine what my life will look like. And it just feels like emptiness, darkness, like sitting in a dark room and there's no light. And this can be a stage that can last for a really long time. And I feel like it's the place that probably needs the most support. And I know for me, depression kicked in when my sister died, when everybody went back to their normal lives. You know, when somebody dies or there's a tragedy, it's like the troops all come in, right? And you are swarmed with people and support and love and resources. And then everybody has to kind of go back to their normal lives, right? And you're left kind of picking up the pieces of your new reality. I think a lot of new moms kind of go through this as well, right? When the hype of the newness of the baby is gone and people aren't really stopping by as much or cooking food as much. And now you're just here in this place of like your new life. And that could probably feel depressing and isolating and frustrating because life as you know, it is completely different and you might not know how to move forward. And this is a place where it is really important to check on your friends that are going through this phase. This is a place where it's also really important if you're in it to ask for help and ask for what you need and maybe hire or get some professional help. Um, because depression can feel like a long, long winter. As someone who lived in the Northeast, I can tell you a long winter fucking sucks <laughs> when you don't have 
any hope or any light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, you know, this is something that can creep up on you out of nowhere. So just again, normalizing it and knowing that it's okay to feel your feels and to ask for help and to know that it's temporary has been so helpful for me as I'm moving through these phases. And then the fifth phase is called acceptance. And, you know, acceptance is not necessarily moving past the pain. It doesn't mean that you're not still in it, but it does mean that you accepted the situation. Like this is your new normal. This is your new reality. And you can start to take the steps to move forward towards building your new life in this new normal. And, you know, you're going to still have bad days. Like maybe you have five good days and three bad days and you're okay with it, right? There's less judgment. You are starting to normalize your experience. You're starting to say, okay, how do we take five steps forward knowing that I'll probably take three steps back and can I be okay with that? Can I stop judging myself? And, you know, eventually we'll get to six good days and three bad days and then we'll get to seven good days and three bad days and so on and so forth. And you find yourself having fewer and fewer bad days. And like I said earlier, these phases are not linear. It's not like you start at phase one and end up at phase five. Like you could be in acceptance and all of a sudden go back to bargaining, or you could be in depression and then find yourself in like acceptance and, and you can bounce all over the place. And there is no set time frame, right? This, I literally have felt all five of these emotions in the time span of three hours. You know, when I got the news that my network marketing company was restructuring, I felt these feelings over the time span of five years, right? So again, no matter where you're at in life, if you are feeling frustrated with the current state of our economy, our environment, maybe you've lost a job, maybe you've had to reimagine life, relationships, maybe you're mourning the loss of a loved one, just know that wherever you're at right now in your process is okay. And it's okay to stay in that place as long as you want. I feel like sometimes the judgment that we place on ourselves does more harm than the actual place or funk than we are in. I actually did a podcast last week about hustling through a funk and it, it goes hand in hand with this, right? That trying to move through this and bypass the emotions that happen in each one of these phases actually prolongs the pain than if we were just to sit in it and allow it the space that it needs to be expressed and move on and move out. So I'm sending you guys so much love today, no matter where you're at in your process. And if you love this episode, please let me know, share it with your friends, tag me on Instagram. I'm at the Melissa Martin until the next episode. Live your life. Bye guys. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.